yuk, yuk, yuk. That's the most contagious laugh in the world, officially. <laughs> it's pretty funny, let's be honest. I don't it's, know if it's contagious or hilarious. It's totally hilarious. It's I mean, I know it's, it's the hilarious. It's weirdest, <laughs> most ridiculous laugh I've ever heard. It's charming. Really. It is charming. And that's the laughter of Doug Collins from Tennessee. <laughs> of course it's Tennessee. The most charming laughs in the world come from Tennessee. Everybody knows that. Uh, Rachel, should we introduce the show? We probably should. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Are You Fucking Shitting Me? I'm Rachel. That's Rachel, and uh, I'm April. And that's April. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about laughter, kind of? So we've listened to a, the most contagious laughter right here. Um, and you've heard laughter is the best medicine, right, April? <laughs> that's what we're told. It turns out that laughter can be a symptom. What do you mean? Well, this week we're going to take a look at the laughter epidemic of 1962, and this took place in Tanzania, or what is now Tanzania. And it's not as funny as it sounds. School children started laughing, and it spread through communities, and it was unprovoked laughter. So wait, it was it was unprovoked? The uh, You mean that charming guy from Tennessee wasn't there to get them started? You'd think, right? I mean, anytime someone hears that guy. No, he was not there. It was... It was provoked but it wasn't funny it wasn't like anyone told them a joke and just people kept rolling in the aisles <laughs> there was no class clown uh putting tax on people's chairs or anything uh, i mean that is a hilarious joke right <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and have our guests introduce himself we'll learn a little bit about who he is and then we'll take a look at what was going on in tanzania at that time I'm uh, Christian F. Hempelman. I'm an assistant professor for computational linguistics at Texas A&M University Commerce. The, the main interests that I have, on the one hand, computational semantics, actually, specifically, and uh, humor research. Those are my two main fields that sometimes come together in the form of, of joke detection and joke generation by computers, which they do a terrible job at. Computers are incredibly stupid, and... And humor is mostly, I guess, a, a sophisticated, very involved, very human activity. I, I'm more the humor researcher rather than the laughter researcher, and there's obviously a dissociation between the two things, but also sometimes a, a correlation. But when I was doing uh, just general uh, research as a grad student for my dissertation on puns, which is really painful as a topic to me at this point, I, I came upon mention of this event time and again. I said, okay, let's nail this one down. The way it was described in its original source, which was a paper by two uh, British doctors in a medical journal, was that they observed a group of girls, 
specifically in a rural school, having recurrent fits of uh, weird motor behavior, not least laughter among that. And it seems to have been started by a small group of, of uh, index cases, and then it spread within a school, then to a village, then to a region, and uh, had several recurrences over weeks, and then abated. In individuals, it can't have lasted more than a few minutes before you just have to rest because laughter is just such an exertion as behavior if it's done. But uh, as, as episodes, uh, it would last for um, a few days, up to weeks at a time, but always just with recurrences, not permanently, of course. We took all the blood samples, huh? went to Europe to find out if there was a virus. You know, they thought about a differential diagnosis. There was a, we say NAD, nothing abnormal detected. Well, as I, as I started doing the research, read about similar events, um, and gathered different possible explanations, it became clear pretty early on that uh, this is another case of mass psychogenic illness. It has no obvious um, uh, physical basis, but is uh, a disease that spreads among people purely from uh, their own minds. People who show uh, or, or suffer from mass psychogenic illness are not the people who have power to change the situation, because then they would do that, but they are the people at the receiving end. So any kind of disenfranchising uh, factor can put you on the side that's powerless, and then this is a way out for you. This misconception um, that laughter is usually associated with something positive and can be contagious, and that is exactly sh shown here not to be what this event was about. It, it is just one of the many symptoms that the motor variant of mass psychogenic illness can have, and people picked it out because it's of this ironic relationship between something usually associated with happiness and merriment and the disease event on, on the other side. And what stood out to me was that at the same time in uh, the town that I lived in, Lafayette, Indiana, because I went to Purdue University, there was a mm -hmm. recurrent event of the local motor vehicle department moving from one location to another. It turned out that there was actually a case of mass psychogenic illness among the employees of that department because they complained of... Uh, physiological symptoms like uh, they couldn't breathe, uh, the air smelled weird, they felt sick, and uh, had to be released to go home repeatedly. So they relocated the department to a different building because they thought maybe something is in the HVAC system or so. It recurred in the third location, and at some point um, they realized that what they had was simply a work environment that people didn't want to be in, and one way to get out of a situation that you don't want to be in is you start to ex 
people's uh, symptoms that will let others let you go home. And it's actually something far more common than I had thought, and it's not something that is exotically happening to a far-flung place in Eastern Africa in the 60s, but mm -hmm. it's common human behavior. So it sounds like it was a form of mass hysteria. And there have been oh, a lot of the, mass hysteria. The things Salem in the witch trials. No. Yeah, that was mass hysteria. How was that mass hysteria? Okay, well, I only it's only been in like the last 10 years that I learned about this. So Salem witch trials happened because there was a group of teenage girls who started showing signs of seizures and speaking in tongues. And so the parents were like, who did this to you? Why did this happen? And so they blamed one of the nannies and the nannies were from Haiti and they had all these voodoo rituals oh. and the girls had been brought up with witnessing these voodoo rituals and they said they had spells cast on them. Then it just spiraled out of control from there. More girls having convulsions, then more people having convulsions, then these teenage girls having all this power saying, this person's a witch, this person's a witch, this person's a witch. Oh, it wow. kind of follows. So they went from the disenfranchised, which it makes sense right mm -hmm. after what he's saying that they were teenage girls. Exactly. To then, they're the disenfranchised and now they have power. They suddenly had all the power in this town. Bitches be killing witches. <laughs> Hell yeah. If bitches get the chance to kill witches, why not wear witch. snitches? <laughs> I wish the witches would have flipped that shit. Switches on the bitches. <laughs> oh, see, now I tried to do it and I can't. I've got to uh, bow down. That's insane. Okay, so I, I've known some other weird mass hysterias, but I had no idea that the Salem witch trial was. Yeah, I may have gotten some little details wrong, but that's pretty much... It's all true now. It's been said on our podcast, so it's 100% fact. Exactly. I found out about the laughing epidemic as I was reading an article on the dancing plague. Have you heard of oh, that? Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And that was in 1518 in Germany. It was a mania where people would dance on end, some to exhaustion and death. And it started in July of 1518 when a woman, Frau Trophia, began <laughs> dancing fervently in a street in Strasbourg. And for years, people thought it was ergot poisoning that caused people to do this. So they were hallucinating, you know. What's ergot? Got. So ergot is like kind of a, it's a, yeah, it's a mold that can grow on rye. And oh, so wow. if that was the only crop growing, then maybe that got into the breads and then it spread. And again, like you, I, these are facts that I've kind of gleaned, but the main theory for a long time is that it was part of a hallucinogen that naturally occurs on mold or in mold in bread and rye. And then they said, I have said, to start letting my bread mold a little more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, they noticed that not all the dancing because this dancing epidemic spread throughout Germany it's happened in other places and it's not it didn't always happen during harvest season or where people even grew that grain and then people thought well maybe these were religious zealots um you know just people like speaking in tongues but now the predominant theory is that it was mass hysteria yeah so uh was she doing like the hustle or line dancing yeah it was 1518 or? Germany so I'm sure she was doing the Macarena oh I'm sure <laughs> and there's so many weird ones. There's um, this one I think is really funny. The penis panic. Wait, what? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> it's a mass hysteria event in which male members of a population suddenly think their penis is shrinking. They think that their genitals are getting smaller or disappearing entirely. So does does that mass hysteria manifest itself in actually making their junk look smaller? So these guys, what'll happen, think their junk is getting smaller, and then they'll try to stretch it and make it bigger. So they've used fish hooks or fishing line, needles, shoestrings to try to elongate their seemingly shrinking penis to like tug on it to make it grow back. And these injuries have happened around, um, there was an epidemic in Singapore in 1967 where thousands of cases were reported of people thinking they're getting small dicks. Wow. Yeah. Is there anything similar like that for women? Well, I mean, we're hysterical about our medical rights going away, right? I guess in the in the so, 90s, there was, uh, there was mass hysteria, uh, silicone implants. There was women, but I don't, is that, is that cultural? I mean, women are often painted hysterical. Like you think about the old gaslighting movies and mm-hmm. stuff. There was, the woman was always hysterical, but it's usually it, true that it is a person that feels under stress that starts it and women do typically show hysteria first fascinating so i don't know that there's a genital equivalent <laughs> for women but the dancing was a woman the laughter were were girls school girls salem was women yeah it's so contagious humans are so susceptible to our fear the thing about mass hysteria that you see oh, is oh, it, it physically it, manifests. It manifests physically gotcha. so i used to watch sunday morning religious programming sometime not because we were actually religious but just because it was fascinating to me uh-huh. and they used to have i don't know if it was oral roberts or something somebody that did like the laying on the hands Uh and people would be totally hysterical in those situations. Not only the person who was having the hands placed on them who would convulse and speak in tongues, but also people in the audience would. Yeah. You know, there's actually like that, but kind of in a rad way in upstate New York right now, a church that is these laughers for God and their (laughs) manifestation and they're contagious because laughter is as contagious as any emotion can be or any physical thing. There's been studies done in college university in London that show that the part of your brain that lights up when you hear someone laugh Mm -hmm. is actually the part of your brain that makes you want to laugh. Like it makes your face want to physically move and smile and laugh. Wow. So it is really contagious. Like that hysteria version, those, the Sunday programming, there's a South African pastor who practices and has a church up in upstate New York. He lays hands on people and they start laughing. And the whole congregation is laughing. It's really insane. We should get a clip of that. We should get a clip of that. Fire the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The contagion is you can fake it and it actually will start. You mean that fake laughter until you start feeling better or more positive? Not necessarily. I mean, eventually that will happen. I don't know if you've ever done this. Take a group of four or five people and sit around and go, this is the stupidest idea ever. And then fake laugh. And I guarantee, I can't guarantee it because I've got nothing to give you, (laughs) but... I've done it before and everybody started laughing because it's asinine (laughs) what you're doing. And I think that that's the humor. And then when you laugh, you do feel better unless you're actually sick and stressed out. You ever laughed when you were stressed out? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't know if it helps or not. Mm. I mean, I think we laugh. We laugh probably because it's hard for our sense of humor to completely go away. Even when we're stressed, I have a feeling. I think so. Because it's a coping mechanism too. 
Yeah, I kind of laugh at the absurdity of how stressed I am and mm-hmm. like what the hell is going on. Also, you know, you got to laugh at a good joke. I laugh when I'm scared in movies. Like if thing oh, jumps out, funny. I totally laugh. I can see that kind of helping to diffuse a stressful situation. Yeah. It almost reminds me of when Marshall told his story about being on the rock and he turned the help, help into hello, hello. Just a little twist that'll change your mindset. Yeah, maybe. I just was never smart enough. I just accidentally did it. (laughs) (laughs) Or you were so smart, you just didn't know it. All right. So, yep. Laughter. Sometimes funny, sometimes not. (laughs) There's your wise words for the week, folks. They're free. Take them. (laughs) On those wise words, we'll uh, close out. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Are You Fucking Shitting Me? I'm April. And I'm Rachel. I hope you guys have a great week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.